You're listening to the Glam Observer podcast, and I'm your host, Emmanuel Maréchal. Glam Observer is an online destination for everyone passionate about fashion, beauty, blogging, and working in these three fields. This podcast is all about having great conversations with bloggers and people working in fashion and beauty to inspire and give tips and insights to whoever wants to work in these fields. Today I'm talking to Ramona Goil, clever and passionate girl. Ramona is the founder of Rani Co, a fashion and jewelry brand she created to encourage women to be confident and realize their capabilities. Feminism is at the core of Rani Co, with a selection of well thoughts, slogan tees, beautiful jewelry, and a founder with a strong will. Ramona is not only an entrepreneur, but she has a 9 to 5 in marketing and runs a blog which makes her the ultimate feminist and girl boss. This episode is for every girl who is wondering what entrepreneurship looks like as a young woman and how you juggle between the requirements of a business while working full-time. So enjoy! Hello, Ramona. Hi. 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 Can you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Um, so I'm Ramona. Um, I'm from London. And I'm the founder of a new fashion brand called Rani Co. And it's about five months old now. And I sell slogan clothing and jewellery, and the whole brand is based on feminism. Um, I'm also a blogger. So my blog is called Eat Sketch Love, which is about baking, art, lifestyle, and fashion. And I also do have a nine-to-five job, and I'm in marketing. Um, and I graduated from the University of Birmingham about three years ago now. I see you have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm wondering how you do everything then. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people ask me that, but I, 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 I don't know. I just, just do it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen you have a BA in accounting and finance. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you know, all this career experience in marketing. And how did you, how did Rani and Co come about? Um, to be honest, I, I've actually always been creative. So art and creativity have always been my passion. And I actually wanted to do art at uni. Um, but my parents said, you know, do something a bit more stable, which I thought was fair enough. Um, so I did accounting and finance, but um, I, I don't regret it because it was such a useful degree and it really helped me with my business. And even though I'm quite good at analytics, it's not actually what I love. So Rani Co. allows me to do what I actually love. Um, and I knew that one day... I wanted to be a businesswoman. I knew since I was little, I was like, I'm going to be a businesswoman one day because that's how I envisioned myself. And I've always looked up to businesswomen and strong women. So um, I, I kind of thought I'd start a business when I was around 30, maybe I had like kids and I was married or something. But I mean, I had an idea at 24. So I, that was that was my surprise. <laughs> oh, so do you have someone in your family who inspired you or it was something you found reading books, um, finding women inspiring, you know, like you said before? Sorry, what was that? Um, so how did this idea of being a businesswoman came? Is that someone in your family inspired you or it was just someone you saw, you know, I don't know, reading a book that you were like, okay, I'm going to be a businesswoman? Um, so... My my mom has my mom and dad have their own dental practice, so you know they are business people. Mm-hmm. So I do admire them for that, and you know I've seen how hard they worked and how hard they built their company. So I knew that I wanted 
the independence that they had from um, having their own business. Um, and I don't, I don't know where it's all come from. I think I, my mum's a really strong person, so is my gran. So I think I've just kind of always looked up to both of them, and I think that's really influenced me and the person that I am today. So you said your brand is built on a femini on feminism, and you created a fashion business. So when you thought about creating a business, was it all about fashion, or it was important, it was just creative? To be honest, I never thought I would start a fashion business. I mean, I've always had an interest in fashion. Like when I was, because I'm, I'm an artist, so when I was younger, I used to sketch outfits when I was bored and lessons and so on. But I had no idea of sort of fashion business. I think it's more I followed the creative route, and then a fashion business came out of that. But I, I have no like previous knowledge about the fashion industry or anything. So, yeah. Okay. So what were the skills you felt you lacked when you started running and co? Um, so, I mean, even though I did accounting and finance at uni, which is a business degree, I felt that I wasn't actually very business-minded. And I actually found my degree really tough. And I, I wouldn't have passed if it wasn't for my course mates. So, but I, I didn't let that get in the way. Because mm -hmm. when I thought of the idea of running co, I was just so obsessed with it. Um, so I started reading business books like uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad and How to Be an Overnight Success and I started researching about my favorite businesswomen uh, like Huda Beauty and how they started their brand okay. and that actually really helped me to understand how successful people and how business people think and the author of How to Be an Overnight Success, she actually started a skincare brand called Nip and Fab. Oh yeah, I know, I know this brand. Yeah, exactly. But she actually had no previous skincare experience and she now has a global brand. So I thought, you know what, she can do it. So can I. She also came from a finance background. Mm -hmm. um, I also didn't have a lot of knowledge about manufacturing clothes. So when I came up with the idea of a fashion brand, I was like, okay, cool, but like, where do I start? So then I, I used Google to literally research everything. Um, because, you know, everything on the internet these days, and we're actually really lucky to be living in this era, um, mm -hmm. so you can find anything on the internet, and I could have said, you know, oh, well, I don't know anything about fashion, so I'm not going to bother, but I just did my research, I took it step by step, and it was actually a lot easier than I thought. So basically, you managed all your challenges um, with the internet. Yeah, literally, yeah. People are like, oh, so how did you do all this? Like, I don't understand where all these ideas come from. Like, everything is on the internet. So all you need to do is do your research. And do you have people helping you out? Um, you Are you working with freelancers or you're just alone? Um, so it's just me. Um, so it is basically just a one-woman show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on, so on Instagram, though, in when I post a picture in the caption, I usually use the word we. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, like, oh, you know, we've got new T-shirts and stuff, or we've got new jewellery. But I use the word we because I do want the brand to sound like a professional business, and I actually, I eventually want to employ people. Um, but it is just me, which is fun. Um, and I love making my own decisions, but sometimes it can be quite tough because I think I can get a bit overwhelmed at all the things that I need to do. So... I, I literally do everything, like from accounts to managing suppliers and packaging and social media management, PR, 
but even watching YouTube videos and how to sew, because I don't really know how to sew and how to stitch the clothing labels in the clothes. Oh. Um, I'm not very good at that though still. <laughs> I need to practice. <laughs> um, I don't know, I think it's that incredible that you do everything from, you know, the packaging from this little detail that I just find amazing. Yeah, um, I don't know, I just, I really enjoy it. I, I actually, I'm a bit of a nerd, so I do love learning things all the time. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I learned from the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. It said that your education is your most valuable asset, and that really stuck with me. So I'm always willing to invest in my education because no one can take that away from you. So that's something I learned from the book, and I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but my, my mum does help me sometimes. Um, I'm actually really lucky to have such a great support system because I have friends and family who are always willing to help out. Um, so when I work in my nine-to-five job, I can't always go to the post office or sometimes it's closed. So my mum posts the uh, orders for me. And then last year when I went on a holiday, my best friend took care of all the orders and packaging. Wow. Yeah. So And then I always ask my sister about um, her opinion on new clothing and jewelry designs. People are always willing to help me out, so I'm really, really lucky, um, and it's made the process a lot easier as well. So to have this kind of support system has probably, you know, helped you with, you know, your full-time job, your blog. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of people asking me, like, how do you do all this? But, um, you know, I just, I can't sit still. Like, I always have to be doing something, and I think that's because, like, from a very young age, I've always been involved in lots of activities so like at school I was playing about 10 different sports and I was in five school sport teams and then on the side I was doing chess I was doing piano just everything so I love keeping busy um, and to be honest my blog and business I love both of them so making time for them isn't difficult okay. um, yeah so like before work um, I wake up early and I reply to emails and talk to supplies if I have to and then I usually always work on my lunch break and then after work I'll go to the gym and then I'll come home and work on my blog or business some more and then I usually have like Netflix in the background to just chill out um, but then I always allocate one day in the weekend which is usually Sundays for photography or creating new recipes for my blog mm -hmm. um, but it's cool because the more I work on my blog and brand the more opportunities come up and I think that's really exciting um, and none of them feel like work. They they just do feel like fun hobbies. So you don't you don't because some people say okay I don't know at six I'm uh, you know I wake up and I do this from um, you know seven then I you know prepare myself to go to work. How can you describe a day or with this or week? Um. So so I usually wake up for work around I think seven thirty. So if I have if I have to talk to suppliers or reply to emails I wake up around 6 30 just it doesn't take long so I get that over done with mm -hmm. I'm going to work lunch break I always carry my laptop with me to work so I usually go to a cafe and work on my blog um and then after work I'll go to the gym I finish work at about 5 36 and I go to the gym for about an hour hour and a half and then just come home the whole evening I'm just working um and and that's it. That's literally what I do, like, every day for the whole week. And then the week, Saturday, you should take off. And then Sundays, that's work. Okay. Busy. Yeah, busy. But uh, I like it. I enjoy it. 
So usually people choose to start a clothing or accessory brand, you know, and then expand with other products. But did you start Ranyanko with the jewelry and slogan tea? Or, um, you know, you started with one and then added the other? Yeah, no, so I was actually just going to do slogan tops because, you know, they are really in at the moment. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, why don't you sell jewelry as well? Because I love jewelry. And I was like, you know what, I just, I don't want it to get too complicated. Mm -hmm. I thought about it. And then my friends are always asking me where I get my jewelry from. And they're always complimenting my jewelry. So I thought, why not bring my own jewelry style to the brand? And so I had a launch date in mind, which was going to be my birthday in May last year. Um, but because I decided to include jewelry quite late in the process, the launch date was just, it was delayed for a few months. But then I realized actually it is, it is quite easy to get hold of the jewelry and it gives customers more of a range of products to choose from. So I just went with both and I, I'm, I was quite happy with that decision. So, yeah, you mentioned before that slogan teas are, you know, really trendy. Um, yeah. So it can be dangerous to, uh, you know, start a brand around, you know, a trend. What made you think about starting with, uh, you know, slogan tea? Um, you know, I just love slogan teas. Um, I think that's such a great way to express someone's values and beliefs without them having to actually say anything. Mm -hmm. um, and because my brand is based on feminism, I thought, it's actually the perfect way to express it. Um, and I saw these tops with uh, slogans like girl gang and females of the future and so on. But to me, that's not actually what feminism is really about because it's about gender equality. And yeah, part of that is to do with women empowerment. But I feel like these sorts of tops suggest that women are better than men. And that, that's not true. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's why men are so afraid of calling themselves feminists and they think that feminism is purely a women's movement. Um, so I wanted to create slogans on the true meaning of feminism, but I wanted to do it in a subtle and non-aggressive way. Nice. So then I started researching quotes from women who I look up to and who are feminists themselves, like Maya Angelou, um, Rosa Parks and Beyonce. Okay. Um, so I wanted to create something that women can really relate to and you know, they feel strong and powerful in. So when they put on one of my tops, they can say, you know what, I'm just as good as Rosa Parks or Beyonce or whoever. I've got this and I can't actually achieve anything. So each slogan has its own story. And that's what I really love about this brand. Yeah, that's what I noticed about your tees because I was like, it's not what the, the slogan on your tees are not like the, you know, the slogan I'm used to see on other brands. So it's more like when you wear it, you must know. You know, it's from, yeah. you know, Maya Angelou or, you know, any, anyone, any woman, you know, that inspired women. So I find it great because it creates also community. Like if someone who has read, you know, one of these books, you know, see with this T-shirt can create yeah. a great, you know, community um, because someone would meet you and say, oh, you're wearing this. Have you read this, this, this? And you start conversation about feminism and other subject I found it interesting too yeah exactly oh, the weirdest thing happened to me one day so I was actually on the train and I was wearing my Rosa Parks t-shirt and there was an old woman sitting next to me she must have been I don't know maybe about 70 years old mm -hmm. and then she was like oh Rosa Parks you know about Rosa Parks and I was like yeah I know about Rosa Parks and she was like oh I was alive during that era and you know we were protesting on the streets and everything and then this other woman joined in she was like yeah I was around that time as well and I was protesting for black people, and it was just, it was really crazy, but 
it's it's really cool knowing that people actually know about these women and they support these women. And it's also it's also incredible that the woman that told you that isn't some someone you know your customer. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But I think one thing I was a bit worried about at first was like if my tops don't have the usual slogans that people expect, like girl gang and girl power, mm-hmm. then maybe you won't sell. And, you know, people have to know about Maya Angelou and Rosa Parks and stuff. But then some, it actually performed better than I thought. And when people buy the stuff, they look up the story behind the person and I, and it inspires them. So I think that is, it is really cool. And, yeah, I just love it when people actually love the story behind the clothes. Like I said, I think it's a great way. You will probably create a great community around your brand thanks to that, probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, go back to uh, the production side now. Um, you mentioned before that you didn't integrate it uh, during first, so the production process must be different. Can you tell us about it, please? Yeah, um, so... For the clothing, I actually get the clothing done in the UK. Um, so I get T-shirts and jumpers printed. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual clothes are made in different countries like Bangladesh and so on. But the companies that I work with supply the clothes already. So I don't have to worry about importing them from a different country, which is great. Um, and I think people do expect that. They think that, oh, I just get the clothes made abroad. Um, I did look into that, but the supplies they all require a minimum quantity order of 50 to 500 pieces, and that would just be of one design. Mm-hmm. And so the shipping was really expensive. So it was actually cheaper to get the clothes made in the UK. And I also had more control over the quantity, so I could literally order one piece if I wanted to, um, because I just didn't want to have lots of stock lying around, because um, you don't know if your product's going to sell mm-hmm. or not. Um as for the jewellery, um, I so I import the jewellery from different suppliers in different countries. So I choose which designs I want, kind of like from a catalogue, and I order it. The supplier sends over a sample and I check the quality. Um, so it's quite easy, but there have been times when I order a sample and I think, okay, this is perfect, I love it. And then when I order a few more, they're not the same as the first one, and it can be really frustrating um, but if you're selling a product, you have to be prepared for faulty infantry. And you have to know that some of your money will go to waste. Um, I did look into drop shipping because that's a really cost-effective way of selling something because you don't actually have to tie up a lot of money in inventory. So basically, when a customer orders something, the supplier makes the clothing or jewellery, they package it for you, and they send it to the customer. So you don't actually have to do much yourself. Um, but I really love the process of packaging everything myself and I write notes in each package um, and I just want to connect with the customers and show my appreciation for the order because it, it really means so much when someone orders from a startup. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, so finding good quality products is, is a long process, but I only want to sell products that I love and would be happy receiving if I was a customer. So again, for this um, production process where you have to find, you know, everything, it's always internet that told you. Um, yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there are so many forums, like um, Shopify have a forum, which is really, really good. And there's always people asking, um, like, just questions about suppliers and how to start a shop and a business and all that. So that's helpful. Um, and also Reddit. Oh. Um, yeah, so... 
I'm quite new to Reddit, I'm still trying to get the hang of it, but it's really good, there are so many forums, and I've already learned quite a few things from it, and people talk about their success stories, and also their failure stories, and how they start a business, and how they earn like 10k a month through their startup, and all that kind of stuff, so that's also really helpful, but literally everything is on the internet now. So how was the process to find the suppliers to the internet? Um... So it took a bit longer than I thought. Um, I would literally just Google like printing companies in the UK or abroad and so on. But I, I talked to lots and lots of suppliers. So I was constantly emailing them. Um, it was it was especially difficult talking to suppliers in other countries because of the time difference. So I'd have to wake up early before work just so I could email them before their workday finished. Um, and there were also times when uh, the supplier didn't understand English very well. I couldn't understand their English. Mm-hmm. So it made it a bit tricky. Um, I also have one supplier, actually, who, who told me he can manufacture my clothing in Pakistan for like, a really good price. And I was like, okay, great. So we got talking, and then I sent the money over to him, and he just disappeared, and he just ran off with my money. And I was like, you uh. do that. <laughs> but um, luckily, it, it wasn't a lot of money, so it didn't bother me too much. I knew that if I wanted to start a business, I have to be prepared for hiccups, so it's cool, I've come about it. Um, but when I was looking for a supplier, I was looking for someone who communicated quickly, who could manufacture clothes and jewellery quickly, and who was straight to the point, because I had a lot of suppliers who would take days or weeks to respond, and it just it wasn't good enough, because if I needed more supplier quickly, I couldn't rely on these suppliers. Mm-hmm. So I finally found one company that I really, really liked, and they responded to my emails quickly, and they were just really nice about the whole process. Um, why did you choose to have two lines for your jewelry? You have a dainty one and a more intricate one. Yeah. Um, so when I when I launched the brand, um, I just started with the dainty jewelry, but it wasn't actually categorized under collection. Um, so it was just a page of just jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to start with the dainty jewellery because I just, I love dainty jewellery. It's so great for everyday wear and it's so versatile. But then a few months in, I thought, actually, I do want to sell more glamorous jewellery um, because I love dressing up as well. And it's the glamorous jewellery allows people to wear it on nights out and for special occasions. Um, but the, the, the statement jewellery didn't have the same vibe as the dainty jewellery because they are very different. So I thought, okay, let's just create two categories and um, I thought separating the two types of jewellery would be easier for customers. So if they do want simple jewellery, they can go straight to the dainty collection. But if they have a special event coming up, then they can go to the statement collection. Mm-hmm. And I just think both both collections are just so pretty. I love them both. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, I, I could see that, you know, like, when I saw both, I was like, it's quite a good idea to make the distinction because you can definitely know what you want straight away. Yeah, exactly, because sometimes when I go on jewellery websites, they don't categorize things, it's just a whole page of jewellery, and sometimes it's a bit overwhelming, and it's like, oh, but I just want to find what I want to find, so I thought, if I split them into two different categories, it's just, for the user experience as well, it's just a lot easier. That's true. So, what advice would you give to someone side hustling like you do? Um, I would, first thing I would say is just go for it. I mean, I know lots of people are scared to start a business because they think they're lacking knowledge or 
you're scared to invest money into something with the possibility of it not working. But you, you never know unless you try, and there's actually nothing to be scared of because the fact that you've even tried is more than what most people would do. And I know that a lot of people worry about investing money, but money comes and goes. Um, so when I started this business, I, I was in a minimum wage job, and it took me months to save up just £2,000. Mm-hmm. But I, I literally invested all of it. Um, and just because you invest money into a business, it doesn't mean that you're never going to make another penny for the rest of your life. There are always ways to make money, so literally just go for it. Um, I think another thing I would say, might sound a bit weird, but um, I think if you have a business idea, um, I would keep it to yourself or only tell people who you know will really, really support you. Because I think where a lot of people go wrong is that they tell people their idea, they talk to friends and lots of family about it, and then those people start questioning that idea. They say, well, you know, is it really going to work? What about the competition? Where are you going to get this money from? And then you start doubting your idea and you start doubting yourself. And then that's how the idea loses momentum. People don't actually go for what they want to go for. So I didn't tell anyone about my idea, apart from my mom and my sister. Um, and I didn't tell any of my friends, I didn't tell my best friend. So literally everyone found out about it on the day that I launched my business. But I know that if I had told people about it before... I would have started doubting myself because they would be asking so many questions. Um, but I think the most important thing is read business books because they really, really help um, and help you to understand the mindset of a successful business person. Mm-hmm. And it's so inspiring to read how people actually started their businesses because there are moments when I think, you know, is this going to work? Or a voice pops in my head and it says, oh, you know, come on, Ramona, like, who do you think you are running a business? You can't do this. But, um, you know, reading business books helped me to realise actually a lot of entrepreneurs have the same thoughts and these books help me to challenge my doubts and they also just give me faith as well and help me to believe in my business. Um, so, yeah, reading books is so, so, so helpful. And you're a Londoner. You probably have access to many events because I know there are many events, you know, um, towards feminism and, um, you know, entrepreneur, entrepreneur women. Do you participate to them? Sorry, what was that? Um, so you have the chance to be a Londoner, so you must have access to a lot of, you know, um, events that are for, you know, women having their own business. Do you participate to some? Yeah. Um, um, to be honest, I haven't been to many of them. I mostly go to blogging events because, you know, I have my blog. Um, but I network with bloggers there so I can find bloggers to collaborate with. But as for um, events based on, like, women in business, I haven't been to many, but that is definitely something I want to do this year because I recently joined, I think it's called Blooming Founders. Okay. It's for female entrepreneurs. Um, so I've joined that this year, and I've heard they're really, really good. Um, so that's definitely something I want to do this year because, you know, you, you can always learn from other business women and from their success stories and stuff. So it's definitely helpful networking. It, it really is about who you know. It really is. That's true. And I want to go back to the fact that you met, you know, blog, you go to blogger events. Um, so how do you go about collaborating with bloggers? Um, I've had a lot of bloggers contact me, which is really, really cool. Um, but so when I collaborate with bloggers, I really analyze their accounts. So I look at their engagement rates. I look mm-hmm. at how many real and fake followers they have. Um, I look at um, 
the type of followers because recently I did look at one blog and she had like 30,000 followers, which is great, but actually a lot of her followers were men mm-hmm. and that's not what my target target audience is. Um, and I look at um, how many followers they get every day um, and you'd be surprised how many bloggers have fake followers or buy their followers or they add loads of people one day and then unfollow them the next day. Mm-hmm. So I've actually had to say no to about literally about 99% of people who contact me, which is a shame. Um, and I get why bloggers do it because engagement on Instagram is so difficult now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I choose people based on their style um, and whether they fit my brand. Um, and also, it's not always about having loads and loads and thousands of followers because actually the smaller bloggers with about, I mean, let's say, like one to 5,000 followers, they actually get more engagement than bigger bloggers. Yeah, so I understand because I feel like some when I see some um, you know smaller bloggers, that's why the micro influencers are maybe now the way to go because yeah. actually them they are much more their followers are much more active and ready to uh, buy or you know what they what they show because they are having a real conversation with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you really get to know them and their personality and stuff. So um. I don't just reject small bloggers just because they have a small following. So that's basically how I go about collaborations. Oh, and I forgot going back. It's another totally uh, different question about your jewelry. Do you design it? Do you design it, or do you um, have some? You know, I don't know, someone, in your mother or sister, you know, um, uh, helping you in the process for the for the for the jewelry design. Yeah. So. So for the jewelry, I don't design it myself. So like I said, um, it's kind of like a catalogue and I choose what I want. Um, but I really do want to design a jewelry myself one day because I always have ideas in my head. And then whenever I, I look up those ideas, you know, I can never find what I want from the suppliers. So I'm actually going to India next month. So that's something that I can look into because I know India is a good source for jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, so that's what I'm going to look into, and I'm pretty excited about it, and I hope people actually like my designs. <laughs> so that's the next step for uh, Rani and Co? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, so many people can do with it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Okay. Uh, thank you for your time. It was really interesting. Oh, thank you as well. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you. I hope this episode gave you a great overview of what entrepreneurship is and that Ramona's story inspired you. Let us know how you feel about entrepreneurship as a woman by letting us a comment on iTunes. Now, before leaving, I wanted to remind you that the Glam Observer membership is live. We created it to help all of you who dream to work in fashion and beauty or want to become an entrepreneur or a blogger. The membership gives you access to exclusive content such as career advice, template to help you finding your career path and many other things you can discover going on glamourserver.com. See you on the next episode. Bye!